1: Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment.
0: And now, now, here's Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. How are you, buddy? I'm great. You never forget anything.
1: I do not. Never. <laughs> Just ask my wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Perfect. Have
1: you got any thank yous this I morning? do, I do. You know, Zeb, last week we talked about Jed Smith and his attack by the grizzly bear and Jedediah all that Jedediah Smith. Jedediah Smith. And Scott wrote to me and said, you and I missed something.
0: Uh-oh. What did we miss?
1: Well, we didn't say it was a grizzly scene. Oh. A grizzly uh, it was a grisly encounter. A grisly encounter. Yeah, we missed that. I am so, so sorry. So, sorry. Where Scott, Scott from anyway? Uh, I'm not sure, but oh. he he also sent me something. We did a. It's been a while back. We did one on uh, drinking habits of the Old West, and he came up with this uh, different names for alcohol. Uh. <laughs> and he said his favorite is Wobbly Pop. What wobbly pop? No, I've never heard that. I one. hadn't either. Let Another write one. write that one down. Wobbly pop. John barleycorn. I've heard that. Purge hop juice. Calabagoose, Wobbly pop. Mancation. Let's mosey. Laughing water. Mad dog. Pig's ear. Strike me dead. And heavy wet. <laughs> I've never heard only about maybe two or three of those. Yeah, well, he looked this up and came across that. So thank you, Scott, and uh, appreciate the, the information. Wobbly pop. Yeah, wobbly pop. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna have to remember one. that one. Wobbly pop. I like that.
1: And I i always heard rot gut.
0: Yeah, I've heard that one. You know, but yeah. maybe that's
1: a more, a more modern one.
0: But so. we'll uh, we'll be sure and remember wobbly pop. Yeah. Uh, I like now that one. now that you have a sip of wobbly pop in front of you, there. <laughs> here we go. Here we go.
1: So we're gonna talk about the black. Feed Indians uh, today a little bit. Uh, so there's a place uh, near a place called Medicine Lake in Glacier National Park. Have you heard of that, Medicine Lake? It's in hmm. Glacier National Park, Montana. I have not. I have not. Anyway, there's a small uh, waterfall, and it's called Trickle uh, Trick Falls. But the Blackfeet Indians had another name for it, and you'll see what I'm talking about when we get going. Uh, There's a guy named James Willard Schultz who lived among the Blackfeet for a long time and wrote with knowledge and understanding about them and uh, said that his friend, Tail Feathers Coming Over the Hill, spoke for his people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was the guy's name? No, his name was James Willard Schultz, but he had had a good friend.
0: Named Tail Feathers Coming Over the Hill.
1: You're right. Well, that's a hard. You're
0: talking to somebody. I'd like you to introduce you to my best friend. Tailfeather's
1: coming over the hill. Yeah, they must have had a nickname for yeah. him, right? Anyway, he he spoke for his people because they resented changing the name to Trick Falls when it had a different name given to them given to it by the uh, by the Blackfeet. And I'll, as I go along, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, So during the days of the Hudson's Bay Company, uh, their profitable trade with the Western Indians, uh, the parents in a Blackfoot family died, leaving five children. The oldest was a young woman named Weasel Woman, and she was a girl of 15. Weasel Woman? Weasel Woman. She was a girl of 15 years old. She had two brothers and two little sisters, so she was the oldest of five. And it was customary among the Blackfeet to uh, give out the orphans among relatives or members of the tribe. But young weasel woman would have none of that. She would take care of the children, keep the family together. Her brothers, she said, were old enough to hunt and provide meat and skins. She and her sisters would prepare food, tan skins, and keep the lodge. Now picture that, Zeb. Here's a 15-year-old with four younger siblings. But they're going to take care of themselves, food, clothing, shelter. Wow. I mean, but there again, you know. They taught them a lot of responsibility. They did. But, you know, the young Native Americans, the kids, they learned how to hunt and fish and and prepare the food and uh, sew and do uh, the buckskin. But anyway, encouraged and inspired by their older sister, the young boys soon became hunters. And at first they trapped squirrels and they shot pheasants with their bows and arrows. And later they brought in beaver, bear, and deer. I would have starved to death if I
0: had to go out with a bow and arrow and shoot a pheasant or something like that. You're talking about a guy that would have been down to nothing but skin and bones.
1: You know, Zeb, I've got a 12-gauge shotgun, and the pheasants are pretty safe.
0: You can't? Yeah, me too.
1: (laughs) uh, they're, They're pretty safe. But, you know, the girls cooked some of the meat. Uh, They dried the rest. In summer, they picked and dried uh, all these delicious huckleberries. Uh, You know, they knew where to go to get them, and they made pemmican. Uh, which, of course, we've talked about that, and it'll keep indefinitely, and it would sustain life when no other food was available. And the girls tanned the skins. They sewed uh, the clothes and made moccasins for themselves and the brothers. And they had a lodge that they say was no better kept lodge in the whole village. So hmm. now, so well did Weasel Woman look after the needs of her family that she won the admiration and the respect of every member of her tribe. Uh, Not only was she clever and industrious, but according to the standards of her people, she was very beautiful in face and form, they say. Mm -hmm. Now, more than one young man and some not so young looked upon her with favor and desired her uh, for marriage. But unlike other girls of her age, weasel woman did not want to get married. And when the warriors would return from a battle or a raid, uh, she helped the women prepare the feast in their honor. But while the other girls uh, play, uh, you know, tried to get the attention of the young men, Weasel Woman would sit around listening to the Braves talk about their victories in battle. And But she refused all romantic gestures. She had, didn't want to have anything to do with that. Uh, now, would she have felt different had her parents lived and she'd been an only daughter in her father's lodge? You know? But the way circumstances played out, where she was taking care of her younger siblings... Uh, maybe she just felt like marriage was not in the books for her, yeah. at least at that point. Okay. Now, the Flatheads and the Salish Indian tribes were the traditional enemies of the Blackfeet, and nothing brought more honor to a Blackfoot warrior than to outwit an enemy in a raid or outdo him in battle. Well, one night when Weasel Woman was in her 20th year, so 20 years old, a party of Blackfeet set off across the mountains to the west to raid a Flathead village. In the morning, they discovered Weasel Woman was among them. She just joined up with them and uh, with this raiding party. Uh, The head chief liked the girl, as all everybody did who knew her, but he ordered her to return to camp. She said, only men go on raids. You do not go. Did the flatheads really have flatheads? You know, I can't remember where that actually originated Didn't it come from. from
0: something about the way that they put their young in the cradle or something? You know, they
1: had the the cradle boards, yeah. and, and they did keep the baby strapped to that cradle board for a long period of time.
0: Yeah.
1: But, but I think other tribes did as well, so I'm not sure if that's where the name came from. There's your homework. Yeah. Anyway, so a weasel woman was not a meek female to be sent home to await the warrior's return. And she basically said, if you don't let me go, I'll follow you, and you can't do anything about it. Wow. Okay? She was pretty pretty uh, proud. Anyway, so the chief, uh, the chief uh, would have forced her to go back, but the medicine man, he stuck up for her, and he said, let her stay. He said uh, his medicine had told him that she would bring them good luck. So the medicine man, uh, he was held in high esteem. You know, Where
0: did they find him in another tribe?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good question. But he was with them. Uh-huh. So even the chief stood a little in awe of the medicine man, and no one doubted that his words were the words of wisdom. So Weasel Woman was given the privilege of accompanying the men on a raid. Every one of them treated her with respect. So I have a feeling that she could pretty well handle herself. Now, when the Blackfeet came within sight of the Flathead Lake, they saw a large encampment of Flatheads and Ponderay, and many horses. The chief object of the raid you know, was the horses. So, uh, you know, they didn't necessarily want to go kill a bunch of people, but if you could get horses. Yeah. So the Blackfeet they hid themselves until night, and uh, until they could kind of slowly creep into the camp. Now, when they were short distance from the lodges, weasel woman whispered to the chief. She said, let me go first. Uh, she says, I think I can take horses. Well, the medicine man approved, and so the chief gave permission. So she's the first one to creep into the camp really? of the enemy. Well, when she got a short distance from the lodges, weasel woman uh, uh, There was no sound. She, of course, very, very quiet as she crept in. She slipped into the sleeping camp. The flatheads had a lot of good horses picketed near the lodges of their owners. And there were some fine stallions, some buffalo horses, some good runners. Uh, The girl was a good judge of horses, and she had a way with them. So there was no snorting, no stamping of feet, no whinnying. And by the dim light of the moon, she chose three of the best horses She cut their ropes and led them out through the trees to where the men were waiting. Okay. Uh, So leaving them with her friends, she was again one with the shadows, only to reappear in a few minutes with three more horses. Then she told the men that she'd taken all she needed and they could have their chance. So now she has six horses.
0: That she owns.
1: That she owns. And, of course, you know, the ownership of horses is wealth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well the men entered the camp several times each time coming back with horses until they had a pretty good sized band and then they quietly and quickly the blackfeet headed for their home camp beyond the mountains and left this unsuspecting village behind uh, minus uh, a bunch of horses and again i'm thinking how they must have been so quiet yeah. you know to not wake up any of the uh, of the flathead indians so anyway, well, was, the
0: the reason was they had too much wobbly pop. Too much wobbly pop. I'll get you every time.
1: <laughs> you know, stay away from that. So among the Blackfeet, uh, you know, it was uh, among many other tribes, horse stealing was not a crime, but it's a game of skill and wits. Yeah. Uh, and it was sometimes it was a rough game to be sure. Uh, sometimes somebody got killed. Uh, But to the one who brought back the most or best horses, they got the best praise and the best honor. If you could, you know, pick out the best horses. uh, So, anyway. Maybe
0: we ought to get into horse
1: trading like that today. (laughs) You know, my dad always said, if you trade enough, you're going to wind up afoot.
0: Yeah, you are.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the night the triumphant warriors returned with Weasel Woman leading six beautiful horses, there was a lot of rejoicing, feasting, dancing. Uh, the head chief made a speech uh, praising Weasel Woman, and she had brought them good luck, as the medicine man had predicted. She was worthy of much honor, and she must have a new name, okay, instead of Weasel Woman. I
0: don't like that name, Weasel no, Woman. No.
1: so we're going to change that. Okay. So there was a great chief by the name of Pitamacan. And oh sure, you go from Weasel Woman to, to Pitamakan, which actually uh, was translated as Running Eagle. Uh-huh. Okay, but he was dead and gone. I see. Okay, so Weasel Woman should have his name, Pitamakan. Okay, and the bra- the Braves they uh, shouted approval, and uh, no greater honor could be given a woman. From that moment, she bore the proud name of Pitamakan and was asked to go with the men on raids. So from then on, she was going to be uh, going out on raids with, uh-huh. with, the, with, the, with the men. Wow! Now, uh, at home, in the Women's building,
0: liberation started a long time it ago. It did,
1: with this lady, this yeah. woman. So at home, Pitta McCann dressed as other women, but out on a raid, she dressed like a warrior. So she put on the, you know, the, just like the men.
0: War paint and everything. Yeah,
1: she went yeah. against the Sioux and the Crow, uh, never running from a fight and never got injured. And pretty soon, she was made a war chief. Really? A war chief. And men were eager to join the party that she led because they thought, in the words of the medicine man, they believed in Pitamacon. They believed that she was good medicine. And that was a that was a huge thing back then, you know, uh, with the medicine men. And, uh, so the old chiefs claimed that she was the first Blackfoot to own a gun, which was an old weapon they got from the French traders, uh, who, knowing of her skill and courage, called her the Joan of Arc of the Blackfeet. And with the old gun, she killed three of the enemy in battle and took their rifles. So she was <laughs> quite the warrior. You know, when you say war chief, she. Think earned back, it. though. How would you like to be married to her? Well, we're going to get to that. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, you know, when they got back home, she would have, give feasts and dances, uh, the privilege of a chief. She had a lot of horses, which, again, we mentioned is the wealth of the Indians. She was generous with those who were in need. Life was good. Uh, once, when she was leading a large raiding party, she was joined by a sizable number of the Bloods, a tribe that was related to the Blackfeet. And leading the Bloods was a well-known and respected uh, Indian by the name of Falling Bear, after traveling together for several days, Falling Bear spoke to the boy in charge of Pitamacan's horses, and he said, "Tell your woman chief that Falling Bear want to, wants to marry her." Okay. Well, that was kind of short and sweet. Yeah. The boy knew that many men wished to marry Pitamican. He also knew the fault, uh, the futility of their wishing. He explained uh, that his chief considered all men her brothers and would not marry any one of them. The boy said he was afraid Pitimicon would be very angry with him if he mentioned such a thing to her. Chicken. Yeah. Well, Falling Bear could not believe that there was a woman who would not wish to marry a chief like him, but agreed it might be better to make the offer himself. So he's going to pluck up his courage. Okay, All here right? we go. Okay, you're, you're anticipating. Accordingly, he rode up beside Pitimicon and told her that never before had he wished to marry, but upon watching her, he did. He professed his love and asked her to be his wife. Now, Pitamacon realized that it was an honor to be asked to be the only wife of Falling Bear, and she did not want to offend him with a blunt no. Uh huh. <laughs> okay, so you got the picture here. I do. After a moment's thought, she I said... I shouldn't have said I do. I mean, he <laughs> asked her, so... <laughs> she did not. <laughs> I do not. She said to him, I will not say yes, and I will not say no. After the raid, I will give you my answer. See, they were headed out on a raid. Oh, I see. Okay, so that night they came into the camp of the Flatheads and the Kootenays, 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 and made ready for the horse-stealing game. Pitamakan said to the blood chief, you go in first. Falling Bear went in and came back pretty soon with a good horse. Then Pitamakan went in and came back with two good horses. Uh Falling Bear tried again, and that time stole two horses. Now, on Pitamakan's second try, she captured four horses. You see where this is going, Zeb? So yeah, that... we're, we're going to
0: run out of time. We're still <laughs> stealing horses.
1: Oh, no, we're good. <laughs> okay. This went on until Falling Bear had nine and Pitamakan had 15 horses. Then she said it was time for the others to have their turn. Well, this raid, too, was very successful. And on the way home, Falling Bear asked Pitamakan to give him her, her answer. And she said, you have my answer. You had the first chance to take horses. If you had taken the most, I would have married you. I took the most, so I cannot be your wife. Hmm. Okay. Well, eight times after... Uh, so she's going to be an old maid. Well, maybe, yeah. Anyway, eight times after she became war chief, Pitta led a war or raiding party uh, on the long trek across the mountains into enemy country, and each time she came back victorious, and seldom had there been such a great leader, never one more willing more willingly followed. But on the ninth raid, something went wrong. Uh Uh-oh. Maybe she became overconfident, less cautious. uh, Had uh, The many losses suffered by the flathead people made them more watchful, braver, or better fighters. Uh, Was it simply that for Pitimicon, time had run out, and while she was still young and beautiful, again, who knows, Pitimicon and five of her braves were killed. And there was a lot of sorrow in the camp of the Blackfeet when the warriors came back. And there must have been a lot of mourning for the young Braves who did not come back, but there was a greater mourning for the woman chief. Uh, Her loss overshadowed that of the five men, and, of course, their names have long been forgotten. Now, going back to, remember I mentioned about that waterfall that they named Trick Falls? Okay, it's claimed that the next spring the Blackfeet went to war with the Flatheads to avenge the death of Pitimicon. But to do proper honor to her memory, her people turned to nature for a fitting monument and what could be more suitable or more symbolic than the water that came over the cliff and the water uh, which ran full and wide. And where the water came down over the cliff, it was beautiful, just a beautiful waterfall. And so they named it the Falls, Pinimicon Falls. Really? And this is... uh, the way it seemed that the old chief, this is the way it seemed to uh, to honor her uh, as the only woman ever to be a war chief of the of the Blackfeet. But today it's called Trick Falls, really. And the the Blackfeet tribe did not appreciate uh, the white men changing that because it was honoring you know a, a, a war chief
0: absolutely.
1: And so, anyway, so we should
0: it, just leave the names of a lot of things yeah. alone, and
1: uh, you know. What's wrong with Pitimacon? I'm, yeah. I'm going to show you pictures yeah, of, uh, of the falls. Now take a look. Oh, there. that's a beautiful Isn't that place. Beautiful? Oh, my.
0: And that's up in Montana, right? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. my.
1: Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you love to just uh, sit uh, sit there and just, uh, you know, this beautiful river coming oh, through and. Absolutely. So, well,
0: that's the story of Pitimacon,
1: the female war chief of the Blackfeet.
0: There you go. Yeah. And well stated again by Dr. History.